Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project, where I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. I am Brian Dewhurst. And Aaron Kramer. Oh my goodness. We got three microphones in one room because we got some fun things to talk about. Well, welcome, Aaron. Thanks. It's you've, fun. You've done podcasts with me before, but we've never done a three. We've never done the trio. The trio. Mm. I feel like we should start harmonizing. Okay. Here's what we're going to talk about. I had a friend, uh, shout out to Alan Hahn. He wants to start a podcast. All he wants to do is talk about challenges that people have faced. And I was like, that is so brilliant. I think we all should get in a room, talk about the challenges that we've had in our lives, what we learned from them, who helped us through it, and like how that we are benefiting from it because trials produce endurance and character. That's biblical. We've always said that. And in Uncommon Life, or Uncommon Wealth, I should say, we see a lot of people who go through trials and come out stronger than they ever have been. So I thought it would be fun, hit record, talk about some trials in our life, what we've learned, what we've learned now. Uh, and why wouldn't we all three do it? Come yeah. on. I think it's great. It's vulnerability to its finest. You know us, Uncommon Wealth. That's what we're all about. So, okay, who wants to start? What comments do you want to start with? You don't need to say the first trial, but like, well, any I know the common, levels? yeah, comment I want to make because I love this stuff like wholeheartedly. But I will sit there and say, my personality, you guys can disagree with me. Like, I love seeing all these self help stuff that's going on, but you see like these comments, like, oh, you know, like if you're under pressure, it creates a diamond, you're going to be a diamond, you're going to do these things. And as we get into these subjects, as we share our stories, like, please know you're never a diamond. Okay. You're never shiny. Like when you get through the, like walking through the fire, like, no, you you still are like, you're not a diamond until like, you know, you're at the pearly gates and God says you are a diamond. Okay. Now I'm a diamond. All right. While you're walking the earth, you're not a diamond. Right. You're you're just working because it's constant work. Right. Yeah. We're all human. Yeah. The diamond gets made from. The polishing, the cutting, you know, at the end, there's still a lot to go to buy a purchased oh, good. diamond. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You might be a diamond, an uncut diamond. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not a cut diamond. Yeah. <laughs> and we aren't either. Yeah. Okay, so who's going to start out? I think, Aaron, you have a good one. I uh, definitely could start. Brian's super excited about this topic. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> I can start. All right. All right. Well, okay, so my biggest challenge goes into, like, two things. I have a lot of them, but, like, uh, the ones I feel like I'll share are, like, growing up, I, well, let's take it back. I just officially got diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD because, you know, for tests aren't easy, and we always have tests in our industry. Yep. But, so I didn't know this for a long time, but so growing up in school and stuff, that wasn't fun. So, you know, we all know how kids can be. Right, not knowing that you might have something that a learning disability. Yeah, they would just call you stupid. Right, you know, right. I mean, it's what it is. It's like to the point where, like, you grow up and you're like, "Yeah, I'm stupid." Mm. So, 
And you think this because you get told it for a, you get told something long enough, and you get enough affirmation because like you're going through school, and school's not exactly designed for the way you think. Right, and, and work. kids are mean. Yeah, and kids are mean. And when you're a big kid, guess what? You can't ever fight back. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I remember multiple times you get made fun of, get made fun of, get made fun of. Finally, you blow up, and then it's like you're going to the principal's office, and you're like, "That wasn't my fault." It's like <laughs> you're bigger. You should have known better. I'm like. <laughs> Is, you know, words do hurt. Right, right. So, but anyways, so through that, I found my passion, like, to be in sports, because sports were my outlet, in the sense of, like, I got made fun of a lot, so, like, you know, in seventh... I'm going to dominate you. Yeah. I mean, seventh seventh grade, I handed out a lot of concussions and broken bones. Like, in what sport? Football. Okay. Because it's like, oh, guess what? Now, I don't get in trouble for hurting people. Yeah. So, like, all your aggression gets out. So, like, sports became my... Like identity, full on. Like mm-hmm. this is who I am. And you know, as you get going further in high school, it's like now you found your sport. Mine was wrestling. So if you'd ever asked me, like Aaron, describe yourself. Mm. I'm a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. Right. So my identity came through my physical abilities and what I could provide physically. And I wrestled in college. Going through college, next thing I know, college is over because you know there's no <laughs> professional wrestling, and I was not that good. Even if there was. So that wasn't going to happen. And so I lost myself. I was like, who am I? If someone asked oh. me, like, Aaron, who are you? I was like, I, it's a great, I don't know. It's a great great question. question. Yeah, so, Any ideas? Yeah, I got super depressed. Like, I ran to wanting to be a cop because, again, I was thinking my physicalness. Like, I could use my physicalness to help protect people. Right. Ran to that. that I mean, that was not, that door was not opening. Like, God did not want that to happen. And for good reasons. But... So I like, but I didn't feel like I was smart enough to do anything else. Like I just had my physical ability. Let me talk. Let's go back to kid, mean kids at school. Yeah. Like, were you ever like, pro, like what age were you? Younger. Like what young, you younger. Like what grade? Do you remember? Like when it was like something that you consciously like, I don't want to go to school. Oh, no. I got held back in third grade. Okay. So I had to do third grade twice. Yeah. And so I was at a christian school and i realized when i didn't i my frustrations came out during like spelling tests when you're dyslexic oh, and stuff and dysgraphia like yeah preach it so the one word that's pretty easily sound audible is the f word oh yeah yeah i wrote that all the way down my list okay i got sent to the principal's office right. i got beat when i got home can we just quick talk about this quick since you got held back at third grade yeah do you feel like you're better being held back now or like the day and age right now in schools, it's like, oh no, you can't do that. They're going to fourth grade. They're going to fifth grade. And maybe they shouldn't have never done that. So in your perspective, since you were held back, yeah. and now I think there's some people who just keep going because they just that's what they do. Yeah. What do you think is more damaging? I think it's more damaging to hold someone back. Okay. Because like you see all your friends go to the, go next, to the next grade. grade. And then you're sitting back, and you got held back. So now it is relevant to everybody. Right, you're behind. Right, and right. So you're like, oh, so where if you could just keep going with your grade, but the school can provide help, you know, off to the side. Right, and what you're struggling with. I, and that's my personal opinion. Yeah, no, around. that's good. Yeah. And then, how did your parents help you process, like, when you're doing third grade again? Um, I mean, they, I mean, they're as supportive as they could be. Like, my parents were young, so it's kind of like. All right, this is what we gotta do. Right. And they homeschooled me for like the first few years, wow. so that didn't help at all either. Okay. <laughs> so like I'm not like so I know when people talk about homeschool, like everyone do what they want to do. 
because of my just learning learning it disabilities, work well for you. it didn't work well for me. So I'm like, no, because uh, I was like held way like I was just, I had my learning disabilities, and then I was like way farther back. Right, mm-hmm. but you jumped into the public school. Yeah, or private school or whatever. School. Private school and then public school. Okay, because my private school. They didn't have like a resource room. That's why I got held back. Okay. Because so then you ended up pouring into your physical, like yes. athleticism, because yep. you were going to overcompensate from that. Yeah. Feeling of feeling stupid. Yeah. So I felt like because I started, you know, you start feeling important to your friends and stuff. Mm. Oh yeah. When you can dominate and help the sports teams, you know, right. instead of like when you feel useless all day, and oh, even yeah. teachers teach you. To, treat you different right it's you know? funny too because like even in school my kids right now doing well at the school but like they don't want people to know they're doing well in school uh-huh. but right. in sports it's like yeah. idolized like yeah. oh yeah we're doing really good in sports yeah huh you know it's interesting so it's funny because now that i know you like you can tell why you're such a protector like somebody if you see somebody getting picked on that's where you'll use your weight yeah, like, you stop it right now. You shut that down. <laughs> it hurts. Like people don't understand what bowling does, you know, right. and stuff like that. So like, yeah, you get a little extra passionate about it when you've been through it, and right. nobody's there to stand up for you because nobody stood up for me. Right. My one, I, I take that back. My uh, resource teacher, Lisa Hoffman. Like, I give her a shout out if she ever hears this. Whoop whoop, Lisa. Like she was the first one I saw. She's this tiny little lady, and then she's heard people calling me stupid. I know I sat down in the room. I was just kind of head down because you just feel defeated because, yeah. like, you can't do anything about it. Man, that little lady just ran out that room and just, like, went to go, like, you know, dig into those people. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, I even get a little emotional thinking about it. I was like, you just mm-hmm. stood up for me? Mm-hmm. Like, no one's done that before. They're always just, like, toughen it up. And it's like, oh, hey, that's all I can do. Toughen yeah. it up. So. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to. One last question, and then I want to move on to Brian or me, I guess. You. <laughs> uh how has the trial positively or positive what is it positively positively thank you brian affected you in your career today so or in your life you can go to life not just career yeah life and career i guess it goes together because like i feel like our careers that we choose it's our life (laughs) is our life (laughs) like i have this like it could probably be described as unhealthy but it it works in our favor like to always to keep learning, like, and also then finding out that like the way your brain works with dyslexia, like we think in like a three D way, so it takes us longer to get to the end of the path. But by the time we get there, we've thought about it in like a hundred different ways, so okay. we understand things different. So you like you start realizing and believing, and you get like, oh, this is a blessing. Mm-hmm. The first twelve years of right. school sucked, <laughs> mm-hmm. but beyond that, it starts becoming a blessing, and you never wanting to ever feel that like not knowing something so you read books you like constantly learn and won't stop learning because like i don't ever want to feel stupid mm-hmm. that's nice. good yeah thanks aaron yeah thanks for sharing yeah okay i feel like this is hot like mic hot mic is it me yeah all I think right. it's you all right i'm gonna talk about probably the first time that i think i hit adversity in my life uh and i've <laughs> hit many other walls but this is the first one that like brick walled me you know like what like the life isn't revolving around me and anyway it was it was sports it was uh football actually love football my dad's great football player i watched him growing up playing flag football uh the silver fox is real the silver fox is real and uh 
So watching him perform and compete at such a high level, it was just kind of ingrained in me. Like I wanted to do that. Uh, and so junior high, my seventh grade year, I remember coming in. Well, I should probably back up and say started flag football in Ankeny, Iowa of all places. So I lived here for a while. My parents had a house on old Ulamar drive and, uh, they had this special thing where I think they were probably afraid of football candidly. So you would go full pads and you would play flag football. So for my first grade year, I had full pads on helmets, mouthpieces. Like we just looked like little helmets out there, shoulder pads, (laughs) knee pads, all the deal. Uh, and then we played flag football. It was super weird. Anyway, I just never was that good at it, just like a fish out of water, kind of. Um, And then my fifth grade year, my parents built a house in Altoona, Iowa. And so I go there, uh, and then I start playing flag football out there, because that's what they had in Altoona, and the Southeast Polk kind of district had flag football. So I shedded my, my pads and went into flag football. And I remember like, oh, I like this sport. Like, I can kind of throw it better and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that was my sixth, fifth and sixth grade year, I think. Yeah. And then I go to junior high. So now we're in seventh grade. And now guess what they have? Pads. Tackle football. Right? And they had lightweights and heavyweights. I was a lightweight back then. <laughs> and I put the pads on, which you have to remember, I've been in pads since first grade, shedded them for two years. Now the pads come back on. And this is the first time many of them have ever had pads. So I was like, Oh, and I was blowing people up just because I was used to my equipment. Yeah. That makes sense, which gave me confidence, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I remember being on the lightweight, and I'd be the quarterback, and I had a good friend, Mario, and it was just like, okay, things are starting to happen. Uh, and then we go to our eighth grade year, same, like, really, really just solid program, uh, doing pretty well, have good friends. And I remember the high school coach came down. And he looked straight at me and our team. He's like, you guys have potential. And I thought, oh, we're, we're going to do it. You know, like, this is it. This is my calling. I'm going to be an NFL football player. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, my dad gets transferred to Sioux City the next, like, summer. So we're out. Like, okay. So we go to Sioux City. Um, far different than Altoona. Oh, man. Far different. I, this isn't what I'm going to talk about, but the first day at school, my middle school, I get beat up. <laughs> Oh, no. Welcome. Beat up. Yeah, welcome. And I had like a polo and like khakis on. Like, I'm not a gangster, you know? Like, yeah. You're throwing up gang signs. And I remember him punching me. Like, huh, what? Like, what's happening? Rough go at it. Okay. So didn't get to play that. But my sister was a senior at that point. No, she was a junior and she transferred to the high school. And everybody loved my sister. I was the eighth grader getting beat up uh, and hating my life. And I remember my parents just like working through that stuff. Anyway, so we get out and then I have no friends my... So my, after my eighth grade year, right before high school, but my sister's like probably the, one of the most popular people, most popular people in high school. Now she's going to be a senior. I'm going to be a freshman. And so I think she just felt bad for me. So she's like, just to have my friends adopt you, you know, like they'll be your friends now. So the first day of freshman orientation, I remember the eighth grade class are now freshmen are looking at me like, that's a kid who got beat up. (laughs) <laughs> and, and then all the seniors come in. They're like, hey, Philip," because I've been hanging out with them for the whole summer. I didn't have anybody else to hang out with. Yeah. And I remember it being like, oh, like maybe he's cool, you know. Anyway, so we start playing football my freshman year. And I remember having like a lights out game, you guys. Like, I'll be honest with you. I was throwing up prayers. They were getting caught for 80-yard touchdowns. I think it was like a 400-yard touchdown, six in touchdowns there for four hundred dollars yard passing six touchdowns something ridiculous yeah and like 
I'm not that good, to be honest with you. But everybody else thought I was. And so it gave me confidence, right? Good receiver goes a long way. Exactly. (laughs) So uh, sophomore year, similar, and I got to suit up for varsity football, which is a pretty big big deal, deal. right? And the Sioux City West was not good up to this point. And for some reason, we got to go to the playoffs. In the playoffs, we go uh, to play uh, West Des Moines Dowling at Morningside for the playoffs. Big game. Big game. And like... Everybody again, wants to be Sioux down. City West is like, who are they again? Like, I've never seen them be good at all. And this year we ended up being decent. So we go out in the field. It was this college uh, field that we were on. And again, I'm just a sophomore. Uh, and I remember like coming back in the locker room, like these guys are the biggest guys I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> where did they recruit these guys? Like they're from college. Anyway, we end up beating them. And I remember thinking like, how in the world did we beat them? And I didn't play at all for the record. I'm only on the sideline. Uh, and so the next year I get transferred to Dowling High School because my parents get moved back to West Des Moines for my dad's Jeez. job. Okay. So I get like a front row seat of like, how did we beat them? Anyway, long story short, they had all technical ability. All Sioux City West had was heart. And the reason why we beat them mm-hmm. is because we had heart, no technical ability, but it just seemed like we care. Like our arms were hanging off our shoulder, like yeah. we're going to win, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I go to Sioux city and that was the first time like, I'm not playing a dime, like a, not even a snap. And the coach's son was a year younger than me. And then he had a really good friend that was a quarterback. And so that junior started playing when I was a senior, which killed me. Mm. And I remember just being devastated and thinking like, Oh, I can overwork this. Like I can, I can do better, you know? And the coach even brought me in. He was like, hey, if we had our first game tomorrow, Matt McCree would play. And I'm like, what? Like, Matt McCree's been playing baseball all these summers when yeah. we were doing three days, and he would still play over me? And in my mind back then, it was like, well, I'll just work harder, you know? Right. Um, anyway, so I feel like that was the first time I hit adversity where, like, it's not going to go your way. Mm-hmm. And it was like the so... Door shut. The door shut. And there was no, like, openings. Which was hard to, to comprehend. Like, I was, yeah. that was me, you know. Uh, anyway, long story short, I never played another down in, wow. in high school, really any. And uh, that was when my tackle football career was over. And it devastated me. And I would say it devastated my parents just watching their son yeah. go through this because it was an outlet that I used to have that kind yeah. of shut down. And man, I, to this day, I am so grateful that I did not keep playing. And when I left Southeast Polk, that was when Kyle Orton took over and started playing, and he was a great under me. So Kyle Orton had a great NFL career, by the way. Played at Purdue. Oh, yeah. He played everywhere. He played everywhere. (laughs) And I remember the first time I saw him on Monday Night Football, his face, I was like, are you kidding me? And like the bitterness, you know, like I could have been that. But guys, for the record, I couldn't be that. But, you know, you just... I've seen you play. You're a good quarterback. I like to play, but not that good. But... I'm so grateful thinking of like all the hits you could have taken oh, or it makes you appreciate some it of these makes guys, you appreciate sure. it. Right. And so even, so that was probably my first time of hitting that adversity and then also seeing like the positive things that can come out of it and knowing that I probably don't know my best path forward. And if I were to write the, write my story, I would have been such a, like a spoiled little kid. Yeah. But like how long did it take you to see those like benefits from it? A like, long time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Even when I saw his like, (laughs) yeah, probably even when I saw his face on, because I thought I would process through it and like, I guess I'm kind of grateful. And then I saw his face on Monday Night Football. I'm (laughs) I'm not over it. I'm not over it. I'm I'm a little upset. So honey, are you seeing this? Yeah. Anyway, that's, that was one. And man, even to this day, I'm super grateful. I probably never met my wife. Should not have my kids, you know, like just a whole different trajectory. So it's interesting that both of you had. Kind of sports, the sports, physical related challenges. <clears throat> I won't share mine with sports. <laughs> Brian was a pretty good pitcher, I would say that. That's where he's alluding oh, to. Yeah, who knows? But are you done, or is that? No, that's no. it. That's it. Okay. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, Philip still plays flag football with his dad, by the way. Right, and they're right. a nasty combo. Uh, there's a lot of people with uh, losses in their ledger to the uh, Ramsey duo. So, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's yeah, great. fun to watch. Uh, I've been thinking about what challenges to talk about. I think a lot of people know that I'm, I'm divorced. And so I think that's an obvious one, but the one I think I kind of want to talk about is actually one that Aaron kind of helped me see. So I'm going to go in a different direction. Do it. Do it. Uh, so when I got into this business, I always knew I wanted to be in this business from like probably 12 or 13 years old. My mom is still in this business more on the operational side and um, I've always had a fascination with numbers. I've always had, I've just always been around this business. So it was very clear at a very young age that this is what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I started in the business. I quit my safe job in consulting in December of 08. There may or may not have been a Great Depression <laughs> in December of 08. Uh so starting in that was actually probably the best time to get started because everything was upended. But um, mm. yeah, it was like early on, I think two or three weeks in, my uh, you know ex-wife's father passes away abruptly. Mm. And so you, know, you kind of take a few weeks off of work to like work through that, lead your family through that and, and provide. And you know, going from like a day job of salary and and all of that and benefits and cash flow yeah. to this business, which is like a hundred percent commission. And I wasn't with like a principal or I was with some just dudes, you know, like, and I got into a situation where I thought I was going to get more referrals and leads and there's going to be some partnering there. And it wasn't, it was like an empty office and man, <laughs> I desk, you know, as much as, we want, <laughs> as much as we want to say, like we're financial advisors or wealth managers or all these other buzzwords, we're in sales, all right. you know, and you have to know how to dial the phone. You have to know how to build rapport. You have to know how to do all these things. And I was not good at that. Still, mm-hmm. I don't really think that I am good at that. Um, and so early on, I ended up going and working for someone because I was like, I got to get a job. This isn't working. Like the writing is on the wall that mm. this isn't going to happen. Uh, in the current state of things. And so in that, uh, it was, yeah, really a growth moment. I I think back to my one thing I'll talk about in sports. I played tennis, you know, so I didn't have the prowess on the football field. And you were a pitcher. You were a pitcher. So, but yeah, I mean, but, but for the most part, um, my tennis career was, was more illustrious, I guess, than my baseball career. But, uh, my singles record was like 500. Well, in tennis, you get to play both. You get to play singles and you get to play doubles. It was kind of fun. My doubles record, like with my partner, we were killing it. We were like 800. You know, we went to state and did all that. But so I've always been a team guy. And this business is lonely. I mean, it is lonely. I mean, you want to talk about a challenge, be a financial advisor by yourself. 
I don't even care if you're with like Edward Jones or one of these other companies. Lonely. If you're just out on your yeah. own, like it is lonely. Right. And so, yeah, I think, you know, kind of fast forward, I, I switched firms trying to get out on my own. Same thing happened, you know, really it's kind of a part of a team. It, it wasn't going the way I kind of thought it was going to go. And again, it was just like, I'm on monster.com. And, and that's when Philip and I met. And I think, you know, kind of the, the way that I finally realized it was like, I, I don't really have what it takes to build this business by myself. Mm. And that's where I think we found each other and, and, you know, we, we cover each other's gaps really well, but our strengths are, are ultimately, I think what, uh, you know, we built our business on. And so I think, yeah, that, that humility or that understanding or that self-awareness to be like, I can't do this by myself. Mm-hmm. Maybe even more importantly, I don't really want to, <laughs> like, it's just, it is a difficult business to, to be in. And, I always wanted to be a part of a team and build a team and, you know, do those types of things uh, and do this business with a group of people uh, because I think ultimately that is the best way you build the service or the product, so to speak, is a team. And so I think that was just the biggest challenge. One of the biggest challenges in my life was just trying to get established in this business and, and coming to the realization of like, you can't do this by yourself. Mm. And, uh, but then now seeing the fruit of that and seeing the humility of like laying that down, right. what, what God's given us and, and, uh, we, what he's done through us in this last 10 years has been, um, yeah, humbling. So crazy. Cause I remember like you would always say, especially when earlier in our, in our partnership, how like you grew up around the kitchen table and there was basically three topics. There was, insurance there was banking yeah and there was investments yeah and how you can see kind of the correlation of all of that i was like oh my gosh like that's amazing because you know i am not that guy. <laughs> yeah yeah so it, it was uh a perfect intersection i think and um but yeah i mean several years i think i was i started in 08 and we didn't join forces until uh july of 2012 so it was right. like you know, three and a half years in the desert, uh, getting established in this business. And so, um, you know, that's, that's what I think to, you know, your point, Aaron, of like, there is so much stuff right now that I think is motivating or uplifting, but it's just like, yeah, you're still going to be a, a rough stone Yeah, at the end of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I agree. I think once we, we, get to heaven (laughs) maybe we're more of a fine cut diamond but let me ask you this in lieu of that do you feel like it's getting easier to walk through trials or harder as the older you get that's a tricky question because i feel like the so this is my belief i feel like god puts us through trials to make us stronger make us better warriors and like they're harder Mm. they don't ever get easier Mm. They're much hard. They, they may see like your first trial. You know, like oh my gosh, that almost broke me. You get stronger, and then you keep getting stronger for every trial you get through. But like, so every trial he puts you through, it's like it doesn't seem like it's getting easier. But that's why I think it's so important to look backwards. And you're like, wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. There's no way I could have done this trial with all these other without all these other trials. Like this would have right. broke me. Right. Yeah. So I'm ready for it. So I don't think they get easier. That's I think they point. they get harder. It's just that you're point. stronger. Yeah, that's a good point. Or they have to be bigger because you're just that 
Like you just need that kind of influence yeah. to like well, break think, you down and learn something. Like financially, I think some trials are obviously easier to go through just because you have more resources or you have more wisdom and, mm. um, you know, so maybe like some fastest up, I think it's easier, but I think there's sometimes there's just more at stake, right? you know, and as our kids get older, That's you right. know, and they're driving and doing things and, and, uh, as the business gets bigger, or your relationships get longer, you know, those things, it just seems like there's more at stake. Right. Um, Right. So I think that was definitely one of the advantages of divorce of like you kind of go through almost a worst case scenario. Like, you know, they say disability is a lot worse than death because you're still here. Mm. And I think that, you know, a lot of that applies to divorce of like, you know, it's like ripping uh, plywood apart. Like yeah. you're never putting that back together. <laughs> it's going to get bloody. Way. It's going to get bloody. It's going to um, hurt. Yeah. And it's never going back. And together. so when you lose so much and you go through that, but you're still here and you, you got to work through it you know, you, you experience that loss and it does right. help you, you know, I think, I don't know what the word is, it's certainly painful, but like you're still standing, right? You got to get back up. Right. More callous. Like, I don't know, like yeah. Dave, uh, David Goggins, I don't know if you guys know who he is. Yeah. I've been watching him. Yeah. He's like amazing. Uh, man crush on that guy for how like <laughs> mentally strong he is. But like he goes like about getting calloused, you know, like he goes, I mean, you're creating scars, but scars are stronger and tougher than regular skin. So yeah. Yeah, because I mean, like, for your story, like, and really more, because we're all, you know, financial advisors here, it's like, for years, like, you look at everybody in our industry, and, like, most, like, so every, they're an alpha person, an alpha woman or alpha man. Right. And, like, for you to be able to step back and say, no, I need a team. Because like, we see so many people do this by themselves. Oh, yeah. And then they might build a team underneath them, but they were the alpha. You know, right. they're, they're the alpha in the group. But for you to sit there and say, like, no, I gotta go find a co-alpha to alpha this. Yeah, like that takes a like for us men. Yeah, that takes a lot of emotional strength to sit there and say like, I'm not fully good enough. I need mm. someone to compliment me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that takes a lot of. I don't know. That's like my tip my hat off to you for that. No, I appreciate it. It's really it's cool. hard. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when you look back at your life, which ones have made you more of who you are today? Your good experiences or your bad experiences? And I would yeah. say for me, for sure, it's the bad experiences. Yeah. yeah. Working through those and trying to like process through. Parenting is one of those things. I'm glad you said it. That's just, it's just tough. Like fake it till you make it is that whole verbiage is because of parenting. Like, yeah. I hope we do it right. I know. That's why I'm glad, like, I always kind of joke around because we only have one. I'm like, ha, oh, you got what you got. Like, there was like, we didn't get to like learn and then do it better for the second one. It's like, <laughs> Here we here, are. Here we are. This is the first trial right. and the only yeah. trial. Right. Yeah. And so I do think as a parent, I think sometimes the hardest thing for my child or let him do is just let him fail. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I just, oh man, like I've seen it. I know that path goes down and like, please don't do that. But it's almost like you need just as powerful to like, let them fail. Yeah. And it's, probably the hardest thing is parenting is just let them yeah. process through it because that's who made us. Ah, it still sucks. It's but. so hard. I mean, like, shows you like, it kind of makes you appreciate our, like our parents more. Like, cause like they oh, let yeah. us go through that. Like they didn't oh, do anything. Yeah. It was like, right. I get like, I know what I would do for my daughter, like, right. and things like that. But it's like, then you look back, it's like, oh my gosh, like for my parents, it's like, just sit back and not done anything. Right. It's like, that takes way more strength. Yeah. I just, uh, I agree. A video, this daughter was trying to prank her dad and, you know, one of these, audio you know and she calls him and it 
she typed it into like a Google thing, and it's basically like, "Hey, your daughter's at this county jail. Will you accept this call?" And there's just this long pause, and he's like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think you know some of the parenting stuff I've read, like that's kind of the approach you have to take. You right? Know? Yeah. Right. It's like Jordan Peterson. I keep seeing this thing. Like you gotta like put your kids in dangerous situations, safe danger situations. Right. Interesting. And it's like. Oh, like it's safe, but like they have to have the ability to be able to get hurt, take a risk, right. and yeah. learn that like, hey, you have the ability to like overcome. You have right. the ability to like take a risk, and then you might yeah. get hurt, but to get back up right. and do it again. And I'm not trying to like point any blame, but helicopter parents it yeah. seems like their kids go to college. It's like the wheels have come off. <laughs> There's yeah. no more helicopter. Yeah, like helicopter, and then like with the lawnmower parent, oh, like they yeah. call it, like yeah. they like they mow the like the path in front of the kid. Oh, and so, like, they take care of all, they, they take out right. all the challenges and discreet, like, oh. anything in front of them. And then, so, like, as soon as they have something go wrong, they're like, breaks them. Where's mom and dad? <laughs> you know? Yeah, their ability to handle <laughs> adversity is low. Yeah. <laughs> or non existent. It's so good. Yeah. Anyway, I think this is just fun to riff on this for a while. I, one, if you are resonating with this and you're in a trial now, one, we want to just say, like, hang on. Like, there is a reason, and I think that you're going to be better for it going through the other side. And I feel like we're all kind of in some kind of trial. Like our lives Always. aren't perfect, yeah. like you said, Aaron, at the beginning. And so um, I, I want to yeah. begin too, I think, you know, financially, if you're in a trial or you feel like you're not where you're supposed to be. I mean, a lot of times we get the question and, you know, getting to know you more, Aaron, in this profession, I'm sure you've gotten the question, but we have so many people that ask us like, hey, for my age, like, am I doing okay? Or like, how am I compared to other people? And obviously in this social media time, I think there's so much comparison where it feels like, oh, I'm the only person going through something right now, which couldn't uh, be further from the truth. But just to empower you too, financially, like there's so much you can do in a year, two years, three years financially, you know, to, I don't want to say even get back on track, but to like remedy maybe what's going on in your life. And so anyways, if you want to talk about that and help with that, we're here for that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I want to tip off of that a little bit because I just like read a book, and I love this. Like everyone always thinks, like you look on social media, everyone's doing so great. Like oh, that person's like oh, right. they're just doing so good. They're killing it. And I will tell you, and if you ever reach out to us, I'll tell you the book to read and stuff. But statistically, I'm talking like eighty percent of the time, the people that you think have money don't. Right. They're up to debt in their eyeballs, and as soon as their paycheck gets stopped, they lost their job or something. They're losing everything. The person that you see in the common street walking down the down the mall, they're just wearing their common Hanes T-shirt, Levi jeans, and grungy boots. Yeah. You're thinking like, oh, that guy's probably roughing it. He probably has way more money in the bank than you could ever even imagine. It's good. Yeah. So like, I I'm on social media. I'm guilty of it. I'll be scrolling all the time, but don't. Be yeah. getting down on yourself on your success because the people, yeah, shame is like the number one thing to just eat your life away. Yeah. Like, shame is never good, yeah. So don't stay there, that's what yeah. we're all saying. But keep fighting through the hard times if you are like, you get stronger, keep building, and like, know that like you're not alone. Find a good people that pick you up because I, I know, especially for like you men out there that are listening, like, it is okay to feel broken, mm-hmm. like, yeah. find other good, healthy men to help lift you up, right. And keep you up like it's okay. Get emotionally stronger. Like feel like us get men. connected. Get yeah. connected. Yeah, for sure. 
Okay. Well, you've been listening to the Uncommon Life Project. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. I'm Brian Dewhurst. Aaron Kramer. Oh, man, I love it. All right. Until next time, go be uncommon. Have a great day. everybody. Thanks. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.